Even when you try to maintain a healthy diet, it can be tough to get all of the nutrients you need for long-term health. Care of makes it super easy and even fun to figure out what vitamins and supplements are best for your diet and lifestyle. Go to takecareof.com and take a short quiz to get your personalized vitamin recommendation. Use offer code AMR at checkout for 50% off your first month of vitamins. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com mother. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this, wow, Sarah, that was very businesslike. That was like, I am, hello, this is not my Mother Runner. Oh, okay, I'm well, I was, in I, was in my, I was in my mode. Okay, so, all right, we were, we're going to start this over again. No, 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 no. I think we, that, that's it. We go with it. We're rolling with it, Sarah. You're just in business mode okay. today. Okay, and, and what, what is your do name, you woman? To, do, where you, are you? Do you have some, uh, <laughs> where are you calling from? <laughs> my name? Yes. My name is Demetrius. I live in, uh, in, in Denver, Colorado. Demetrius. Um, do you have post-it notes all over your computer? All right, are you a file folder? Why do you ask if okay. I have post-it notes, Dimity? Well, because you're just in business mode. I feel like you've got, you know, post-it notes and maybe you've got like alarms to set because we have to be at a certain place and folders and stuff. I love that our idea. None of this like, hey, I just ran a, marath- a marathon. I'm relaxed. I love that our idea of business is post-it notes. <laughs> That's how AMR rolls. Um, no, 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 no. I just <laughs> was... AMR's idea of business. I post-it notes. Right. Um, no, I just am respectful. I know that you have to pick up your kids from school. So I just, you know, kind of was... Um, you know, let's get this done. In the mode. No, I've got some time. I've got I've got about uh well, fifteen minutes. I don't know if I want to talk for that long. <laughs> but um I'm also still um I went to Pilates today, so mm-hmm. I'm in um running tights and my boots and my one Saucony Triumph and you know I'm looking still a little self-conscious picking up in exercise clothes. Like, I don't know. Huh. Yeah. You know, I, well, especially because they're like running tights. Like I'm, I feel fully exposed for some reason. Oh. Capris don't make me feel exposed, but like running tights feel a little bit more hardcore. Like I, you know, like I should be running and like my butt seems different in running tights than it does in capris. <laughs> There's an interesting question for our Facebook. Does, does your butt feel different in capris versus tights, running tights? It does. It's, well, you don't ever wear tights. I but, don't. I mean, there's just, there's a fundamental difference from having them all the way down to your ankle. Like it just feels a little, there's like less proportion or something, you know? Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. That could also just be a facet of, you know, what, having a 36-inch inseam or a 38-inch inseam, whatever it is you have, something, I don't know, something about the proportions are, are different on someone like you. I don't know. But yeah, since I do not wear running tights, I do not know. So, you know, I wear capris no matter no matter how cold it gets. Yeah. So anyway, so I do need to maybe change my clothes. Well, so then, Dimity, I'll, look, I'll give you an extra minute so that you can have time to change. Um, how about that? Okay. Yeah. That sounds perfect. Okay, very good. Well, I am actually, that's, you're wearing workout clothes, and I am debuting a new icebreaker cardigan. It's I feel very kind of chic in it. It's lovely teal green and a lightweight wool. So anyway. Um, wow. Yeah, wow. I Too sh- bad we aren't live, you know. Too <laughs> bad we're not Rachel Maddow or, or, you know, Sean Hannity or something like that. Yes, yes. See, that was good. Did you see I did Rachel Maddow on the progressive side and Sean Hannity on the conservative side because, you know, we like all politics around here. Mm-hmm. Yes, you represent both sides. Well done. Well done. So, um, no, so yeah, you know, uh, I, I actually worked out today. Um, 
my first kind of, well, I, I swam last week after the Philly Marathon, swam twice when I was in Connecticut visiting my parents. Um, and, uh, but I went to bar class today, so I feel like I finally got a, a good workout. I, I'm taking a two week break from running after the marathon. Is that, is that like the hardest thing you've ever done in your life? <laughs> it is. I, I, uh, so, so Molly and I were talking about, you know, when we'd see each other again, cause we went for a walk on Saturday that actually turned into Christmas shopping. Okay. It wasn't really a walk. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so then I was like, oh, okay, you know, and we have book group tonight. So we'd see each other book group. But finally yesterday, I'm like, I'm tired of this rest thing. I'm going to go to bar tomorrow. I don't care. Um, so, uh, but at one point, Ashley, the instructor comes over and she goes, oh, okay, you're going to drop, you know, down deeper into the squat. And I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just like, that's my version of rest. No, I'm not. <laughs> sure. She appreciated that response. Well, it did. It seemed very, um, you know, rebellious to say that. Um, and I, you know, but my attitude is, you know, that I pay for a class so I can do as much or as little of it as I want. Gosh, wow. darn it. Yeah. Jeez, you've really found your 26 strong in Philadelphia, huh? <laughs> I did, I did. After I crawled out of my pain cave, um, <laughs> it was it was not um, easy running 26.2 miles six weeks after running 26.2 miles. <laughs> I, 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 would, I wouldn't have expected it to be. Yeah, well, but it was going to be, you know, it was going to be a slower pace. So, I don't know, I was just surprised by how much it literally hurt. It remember mm-hmm. if um, careful listeners will will remember that I say that often I feel it's my lungs that hold me back on a on a, a strenuous effort, but this time it was definitely a muscular pain, and my upper quads were shrieking pretty loudly, and I desperately, desperately wanted to walk, and I just was like, nope, I am not going to do this. I am going to use every mental trick I have. I'm going to think of every moderately inspiring thing that I've ever thought of to get me going and to keep going and, and really dissected it all, you know, okay, three miles left. Okay. That's 12 laps around the track. And you know, Oh, the, I bet the final mile will be just lined with spectators. So that will be easy. So that'll be, I only really only have like two miles of hard now left to go, you know? So I um, used a lot of rationalization techniques out there on the course. Um, and I'm just, I'm curious because mm-hmm. I'd like to understand this. Why, would you feel like you would have failed if you just would have like walked for a couple minutes? Um, I just, um, I realize that no one else is keeping score, but I just don't want to have that as something that I, how about this? No, here's my, here's why, because I knew I wanted to be able to draw something positive that I could be proud of out of this race. And I was really adrift finding something going into the race. And so, um, Bree, you know, the coach that I used um, to get me through both those marathons, um, you know, she instinctively knew that, that I, you know, always like to find something positive and to feel proud of. So she was like, okay, you know, I got some plans for you. You can either do a fast final 5k or fast final 10k or third plan was just to have a negative split. And by about mile 18, I realized none of those scenarios was going to come true. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, I got to have something to hang my hat on when this is over. And I thought, not walking. That's my new, I'm proud of this marathon goal. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And um, because, you know, again, I just, you know, I, I felt I felt adrift. You know, my cadet, Allison Polici, was injured and she was not going to be running with it. And, you know, so it is not in my nature to run a marathon six weeks after another one. You know, I have, yes, I have done 
I think there's been two years, two other years that I've done two marathons in a year, but those were a spring race and a fall race. And so to be, you know, I was like, "Mm, this isn't something that I think is a smart thing to do. And um, so it just, uh, I can't figure out any other way to say that I was just adrift in my purpose going into the race. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, well, and that, that strong that you exhibited in Philadelphia transferred when you came back to Connecticut, right? It did. It, it did. So I, um, my parents are, um, elderly. There's no getting around that. My mm-hmm. parents, uh, they had me later in life and I'm the youngest of three kids. And, um, so, um, yeah, my dad turns, um, 88 on Monday and my mom is 88 and a half. And so, and they live in a gorgeous um, house in Connecticut that was built in the 1830s. And you have been there and you know that it is a literal death trap for elderly people. It has stairs that are like Mount Everest steep. Um, the that, stairs, I mean, the stairs are, I mean, you, I can only fit like a third of my foot on it. You can only fit like a half of your foot on the stair going up, right? I mean, yes. they are, they are. Very small steps, but They're small. tall. It's funny that you, because I thought about that when I was at home and I was like, oh, I guess I never really consciously noticed that, that it's not a deep enough step to be able to put your whole foot on. It's just my kids, the, to them, my parents' stairs from the first floor to the second floor is the true definition of the word steep. Like we were in a... Uh, at a beach and there was this very steep trail going down to the beach and they're like oh this trail is steep like grandma and poppy stairs I'm like oh my gosh and i'm like feel like i'm about to roll down the hill so anyway <laughs> so my so my um my dad has um parkinson's and he has very um very unstable on his feet he has has had bad vision for quite a long time due to detached retinas and my mom had hip replacement surgery a couple of years ago but they they do live independently um, my mother still drives and, um, but their house just, I mean, it is not conducive to practically even middle-aged people living there, let alone older people. And so, you know, they pretty much, they, it's a generously sized house, but they live in about four rooms of it. And my dad uses a walker and there's just like little, like kind of lips or humps between each of the rooms because of these wonderful antique um, you know, exposed wood floors. And it's just like, oh my gosh, you know, I just am not going to have, I'm not going to get that call that says one of my parents died because they tripped and hit their head, you know, on the floor or they, you know, got in an accident because they're, you know, they're, the walk to the driveway is such a long one. So anyway, so, um, I come from a long line of avoiders and so, <laughs> so I, imagine that actually avoid. Yes. Um, so, um, but I am the most outspoken of the three siblings. And so for years, I have been trying to talk my parents out of leaving their beloved house that they've lived in for 51 years. And when wow. I, used to, yeah, when I used to bring up the topic, um, I would just, you know, it was a non-starter. I would just, they would shut the conversation down. And so, but I just woke up, particularly that Tuesday morning, two days after the race, and I just was like, something's really bothering me today. What is bothering me? And because uh, you know, Dim, because that's what I do. I, <laughs> I examine my feelings like that. What is it that's bothering me? And I thought, the fact that this house is going to kill my parents is what's bothering me, and I got to say something. And the the opportunity to start the conversation just kind of presented itself in a slightly backhanded way. You know, it wasn't like a, okay, I'm going to have the conversation now. And it was, um, you know, I finally just said to my mom, I said, every single converse, every single anecdote you tell me about dad recently is about him falling and hitting his head. And 
you know, you all have to get out of this house. And so I was surprised by how receptive both of my parents were to me starting the conversation and to the idea of them selling the house and moving into, uh, you know, assisted care facility. They would have kind of layers of or levels of care and, and sure. autonomy. And um, and I was even surprised. I mean, I used to try to get my parents to move out from Connecticut to Oregon, and I gave up that hope 10 years ago probably. And I finally said to them during, you know, this conversation that we were having, I said, you know, and we would still really love to have you in Oregon. And my mother was like, well, we could explore that option. So um, it was a very difficult conversation. I'm getting kind of jangly just thinking about now, but when I had it with them, I mean, I was just crying a lot um, because, you know me, Dim, when I talk about kind of painful things, that's that's what I do is I cry. There you go. Sure, sure. And, um, you know, it's hard. My mother, my mother is very stoic. Um, she has a very big heart, but she is very stoic. And the only time she teared up was when she said that no one seems to realize how hard the situation is for her because she's my dad's caregiver. And, you know, and that people seem to forget that she's 88 as well. Sure. And, uh, you know, because you've met my parents and my dad, you know, um, has white hair and, you know, his you know, you can tell that his eyes are not all that great and everything. You know, my mom still colors her hair, so she has brown hair. She she has. She looks like she's fifty five. <laughs> well, she, she. I mean, she does. My mother looks a lot younger than eighty eight. Don't you agree? Sure. Oh, she absolutely does. Yeah. yeah no, yeah, I she... know. And I and I get that. I mean, that's that's human nature. Is I mean, it was you know even just bringing us back to the marathon. You know, it was like um, we were talking about it afterwards, and I was like, you know, it was it was. I mean, it wasn't a hard day for us being out there watching Kelly by any stretch, but you forget like it's it's kind of exhausting, you know, Mm -hmm. making sure that you're getting the person in the right place. And do you have the sign out? And do you have this out? I mean, I'm not comparing that to your mom's situation at all, but I'm just saying like, sometimes, you know, it's like the the, the thing that's in the front, the marathon or your dad, who is clearly ailing Mm -hmm. gets, gets the attention, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And that, you know, and that, you know, and that, that of course made me cry harder than my mom, you know, started to tear up a little bit about it. And, and um, so, so she and I were talking, and then we re- we both knew instinctively that my father was um, overhearing us or eavesdropping from another room, and so went in. And, <laughs> his hearing's good. Uh, oh my goodness, his hearing is so good. And um, you know, and and my dad is a very very intelligent man, and um, but you know, he can sometimes drift a little in and out of things. But man, I just it it was the right time for that conversation because when we went out to the other room where my dad was. Just the light was on in his eyes, and you could just see that the elevator was all the way to the top floor, and he was very engaged. And um, he, within a minute of me kind of restating the what we were talking about, you know, what I'd started talking with my mom in the other room, he said, thank you for um, bringing this up. Good. And um, Good. so, you know, and I think I think, I don't know, like... Um, I think probably my parents haven't seen me cry about something probably since I talked to them about, um, you know, my first husband leaving me. And so I think they were like, wow, Sarah's crying about this. Like, this must really be something that's on her mind and, and, um, you know, really important to her. So anyway, so I, um, so I was quote unquote pleased with how the conversation went, went, but man, I was drained for the rest of the day. I just, oh, I'm sure. I mean, just, I mean, even like when I emailed you to tell you that I'd had the conversation, you wrote back, you know, like, I am so dang proud of you, Sarah. I mean, I started to cry over that. 
I was like, oh, damn it, he's proud of me, Lou. And um, so anyway, well, so. it's a really emotional thing. I mean, that's, you know, and that's where a lot of us are right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Is that we're kind of, what what is it called? The sandwich generation or something like that, where mm-hmm. we're taking care of, you know, the the youngers. And, mm-hmm. then, we, and then we've got to, like, fo- cast our focus forward and take care of our parents. And it's mm-hmm. a. It is an exhausting place to be. It's also a very meaningful and important place to be. But mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm glad you cried just because that just shows that you're human, you know, and that, you know, it's obviously touched a very special place in your heart. And mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's your parents. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and you know, I said to my mother when, when we we're talking about the care she has to give my dad, I said, just being there for those, you know, two days had really cast my mind back to when I was breastfeeding the twins and that it makes you realize that when you're breastfeeding kids, it's like there's not one day and then the next day. It's time is a 24-hour continuum and there's just no break. It's like, okay, well, even though now it's Thursday, but I'm still doing the exact same thing I was doing Wednesday and I'm going to be doing it all again Friday. And it just, I said, you know, but with the twins, at least they were moving in the right direction. Like we knew that eventually... You know, I would stop breastfeeding them and they would stop needing diapers and they would all that stuff. And it's just like, you know, no, you know, Hakuna Matata, you know, this is the circle of life. And, um, you know, it's it's only going to get worse for my dad, not better. So yeah. um, there was a, a book and I'm trying to find it right now. I just read this book. Um, oh, yeah, the- Susan. Susan Allen Toth, T-O-T-H, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. is an amazing writer. Uh, actually, the reason why, she was like one of my first idols. She's She lives in St. Paul, and I went to camp with her daughter oh. way back in the day. And I was like, oh, your mom's a writer? Like, <laughs> how cool is that? And I can't remember, I, I can't get on my phone right now to, to remember the name of the book. Can you get on your phone, oh. Sarah? Oh, I have it on Do Not Disturb, but I will. Um... Yeah, let me see. I'll look it up, too. Well, but, then I um... also want to read that um, that uh, graphic novel by Roz Chaste, is it? Oh, C-H-A-S-T? yeah, I read that as well. Yeah, I want. Um... I, I knew that you had read that. I want to read that, and I, you know, because I love graphic novels, and it's a very um, timely topic. So, yes. um, oh, it's yeah. called, it's called uh, No Saints Around Here, A Caregiver's Days, oh. and it's, it's, she is a very good, I mean, she's kind of written the run like a mother for caregivers in that it's very honest mm-hmm. and um, it's very insightful and very relatable mm-hmm. um, and really just, I mean, I mean, she's a very talented writer, so it's a delightful, I mean, it's a, a tough read for sure. Like you said, they're going in the wrong direction and that's not, you know, always an easy place to go, but um, just for, you know, I mean, it's one of those things that people don't talk about and mm-hmm. it's like, you got to talk about this at some point because we're all going there, you know, and to make it, to fill it with humor and insight and connectedness is, is a, you know, it can only help. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I, so, so like I said, I had not, um, you know, I think some people would have consulted with their siblings before having that conversation with their parents. And to be honest, that didn't occur to me. Um, (laughs) Which probably doesn't surprise you, Dimity, but um, <laughs> but so I called um, my brother and my sister separately um, that evening and told them that I had started the conversation. They were both um, very appreciative, and um, they promised me that they would, you know, keep the conversation going. And so now, um, and then the next night, my sister came over for dinner to my parents' house. She lives about thirty minutes away. And so, you know, and I'd said, okay, we're going to talk about when you come over and it's not going to monopolize the conversation at dinner, but we will, we will be talking about it. And so, um, it seems like the plan of action 
is first step at least is for my mom to talk to all my dad's doctors, of which there are many, um, to kind of find out what his prognosis is because when he when he had left the room, she finally said, you know, if he's not going to be with us after this spring, for example, then she would be making a different decision than if she, than if you know if he has another five years to live or four years or something, you know, that sure. she would make a, a different choice as to where she moves. So, um, you know, it's just tough. I don't think there's any, there's any way of knowing because um, I guess, you know, Parkinson's progresses differently in older people. And I guess if you live long enough, you pretty much are destined to get Parkinson's. So, um, wow. yeah. Um, well, good for you. Good for you. And thanks. good for you to, you know, I mean, that's a tough conversations. And, and like I said, the more we can talk about them, the better mm-hmm. off we'll all be, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, um, but we have a, a reason to celebrate today. We are talking to both of our Saucony 26 strong cadets. Uh, we're all fresh off a weekend in Philadelphia for the marathon um, from spectating and running it. And so uh, let's first off bring on your cadet, Dimity Kelly Pollock. Hello, Kelly. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, we are good. We are good. I think we should have a disclaimer here, like they um, had on Car Talk, where you know where they come back and they do like oh, stump the chumps. Stump the chumps. Yeah. Like, you know, they say like they haven't uh, they haven't talked to the person that called earlier because we haven't really communicated much since the marathon, right? That's, That's correct. Yes. That's correct. Okay. Okay. Good. So I haven't I haven't put any words in your mouth, but um, one word, the Philly Marathon. What would you give it? Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. That's my favorite word. That's so funny. Um, good, good. Okay, I'm glad to hear it's amazing. So tell us why it was amazing. Well, it was a lot of fun. I, I actually had a lot of fun. I know people don't believe running wow. 26.2 miles could be fun, but it was. Um, I had a great time with Joe and Adrian. I had a great time seeing you guys out on the course. It was great to have my family there. And it was um, pretty exciting to realize that I could set a goal, train for it and finish a marathon. That's great. So, That's so great. as it was unfolding, you actually were having fun during it, or is this a Monday morning? No, I quarter- was having fun. I was having a great time. Everything was fine until about mile 18 when my IT band decided to stiffen up. It didn't get totally stiff and refused to move until maybe about mile 21. But um, even then, it was still fun because the people who were out on the course with me at that point were people who were just like me, and they were also in pain. And we talked to each other, and we laughed and joked and kept everybody motivated. So. There wasn't any part of it that wasn't fun. Oh, awesome. That's that's so fun. I mean, because every time I saw you, you're like just smiley as a cow. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if cows are smiley, but you, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like you were just so happy. And I was just like, wow, this is, there's not a lot of, you know, this is a good thing that she's not in pain, although you were in pain, but, um, but you, but you masked it pretty well, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think, Kelly, I saw, cause um, the second half of the Philly marathon is, uh, largely out and back. So you and I passed, was it around, you must've been at mile, what was it? 16? I think I was about at 16 and I think mm-hmm. you were in the twenties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But you did, you had a big, big smile on your face. You look very jubilant. So um, it looked like you and Joe were having a good time and we should back up and tell people who didn't read the race reports and um, how the race unfolded since Dimity was supposed to run uh, the plan. Part of 26, Saucony 26 Strong was for Dimity, your mentor, your coach to run by your side, you as the cadet, the novice runner, marathon runner. And um, so, but that didn't unfold so that tell, tell folks um, who jumped in to be by your side. 
So Adrian Martini of Martini Fridays mm-hmm. agreed to run the first half with me, which was the half through the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Um, Adrian and I, and we met up with Laura, who was another mother runner who had loaned Dimity her husband's bike. He was six foot five and had a bike she could ride. Um, and we actually, she came and found us in the Blue Corral, which I thought was really nice. Um, and so we hung out and talked with her for a while. And she ran most of the race with us until I had to stop to use the potty. I've never stopped in a race to use the potty ever. Well, but, but you've never run a marathon. So, I mean, there was a, a whole correct. lot longer time to, to need to use the facilities. Yeah, I decided yeah. that I, I needed to. It was getting kind of miserable uh-huh. so we actually it wasn't an official course potty it was actually on a construction site no next way. to a big 20-foot <laughs> hole but it had the shortest line of any porta potty we'd passed to that moment nice. um, <laughs> good so improvisation I, I like it it also had no toilet paper but that's okay <laughs> so we stopped that's tmi for tuesday right um all right no big yeah so we stopped um to use the potty and Laura, you know, of course, didn't want to, didn't want to wait for the potty. So she ran on and we, we left her at that point and it was mm-hmm. about a six minute potty break. So she made the right call on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we continued on, um, through the, f- through the rest of the city, which was really a lot of fun. Adrian's one job, mm-hmm. she kept reminding me, I have one job was to reel me in. And she kept saying, Kelly, dial it back, dial nice. it back. And she did a, a great job. And when I got to the, um, half and full split she split off and went to the finish line and she posted a picture of her medal so I know she finished um and then I rounded the corner and Joe Dimity and my daughter Carly were waiting maybe about mile 13 and a half or so Mm -hmm. and we um ended up then Joe jumped in with me and paced me for the second half of the race right Joe who'd flown out from St. Paul Minnesota to do that so that was super nice we've we uh Joe we go way back with Joe so um Uh, That was nice of her to step in and and be part of the whole weekend experience. It was. And she had the best personality to have run with me. She and I hit it off. We chatted about all kinds of things. Her husband was texting her um, (laughs) during the run saying, good luck. You know, when you run at my pace, you can like check your phone and (laughs) take selfies and do all that. (laughs) Respond to evites that your kids have gotten. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So we had a good time. And it was funny because there were several stops that had beer. And we had this whole discussion about whether or not we were actually going to take a beer. And then I think about mile 21 or 22, there was this man who I don't know what he was going for you probably saw him he was dressed on this grass suit oh i did not oh, see him and he handed us him. a yingling which we oh took. that's a very pennsylvania beer so that's, that's local that's buying local that's good oh my it god is. Um, oh i have to say that i saw that um the beer uh support area out near maniac and i was like i mean just the smell alone made me kind of nauseated and uh, so I, when I read your race report yesterday, I was like, whoa, they, they drank beer during the race. <laughs> <They did. laughs> like how, how much are we talking a sip? We talking half a cup? We it talking probably a- about a quarter of a cup. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like a big solo cup. It was mm-hmm. a smaller, like you'd use in your water cooler at work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, but, and he let you know what brand it was. Is that how you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, Yingling is a is a very Pennsylvania beer. I mean, when Grant lived out in Allentown, he mm-hmm. that's that's what we drank. That's it's like uh, you know, I don't know how to what else you'd compare it to, but that's a very Pennsylvania thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's going. It's kind of like Shine, Shinerbach in Austin or mm-hmm. in Texas. Mm-hmm. So, 
All right. So Kelly, Kelly and I know our beers, right? I knew. So we went to dinner the night before and, and uh, it was BYOB. And I look over and Kelly's got a Guinness. I'm like, yep, there's a reason why I picked her. She's my kind of girl. Very good. Yeah, I mean, I like wine, but I don't drink wine before races. I, I, I can't drink wine before races, but I seem to be able to tolerate beer. But you were not the only person drinking a Guinness at that dinner. There were Nicole brought the Guinness. Right, right. So had she coordinated that with you and said, because as a backstory, so we had dinner with, um, I guess, 11, there were 11 of us mother runners at this wonderful Italian restaurant. And um, like many restaurants in Philadelphia, they are BYOB. So um, some people brought some white and red wine, but then there were two getting tall Guinness um, cans sitting there on the table. And so it was, I guess I hadn't realized that you were having one as well. So had Nicole and you conferred about that beforehand? We hadn't. It just turned out that she and I were on the same page and that we both drink a beer the night before a race and uh-huh. try to stave off from having wine. And so she brought them. It's my favorite beer. It was like serendipity. Oh, my goodness. Awesome. And now why I have to I realize this is a sidebar, but why why no wine before a race? Um, I like red wine, but it tends to affect me more the next mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't really have much more than two glasses of red wine and then I'm feeling it. I don't know what it is, if it's the tannin in the wine or the sulfites or whatever, but oftentimes if I drink too much wine, I wake up with a headache, but not with beer. So I don't drink wine before race. You could also just have one glass of wine. That would be an alternative. Yeah, I just don't do it. I drink beer instead. It's like my multiples. Yeah, no, I do too. I can't drink wine before race. I can drink wine before a day of spectating, which is what we did. Um, So yeah, so we, so we had such a good time. So I had the, um, the fun time of, uh, being with Carly, who is your 12 year old daughter. She's in seventh grade, right? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So Carly and I, um, and Denise who came out with us, came out, flew out with me from Boulder. Um, so she, so the three of us, she, Denise came to help us with the road trip and all the logistics and everything. And so the three of us were like the official KP Kelly Pollock cheering crew. And, um, it was a little, it was, um, the first half was tough to see, um, just because there's just so many people, but the energy was so fun. So fun. And there was was that one, what's the big street or the one street that's kind of narrow chestnut chestnut. How, how long did you guys get to run on that for? Um, um I think we were on it for probably um, at least a mile, if not longer. Yeah, I was gonna say a mile and a quarter, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'd, okay. I'd remember that vividly from the time I ran the Philly half in twenty ten and just the amazing energy. Um I don't remember it being so narrow though, and uh, lots of potholes. So um, you know, you kinda had to watch your footing and I clipped heels with a couple different people and um, but it was super fun other than that. <laughs> well, it felt to me like the Tour de France, even though I've never been there, but like, you know, you're yeah. just kind of right on top of the uh-huh. athletes, you know, it's uh-huh. like you're right in there. And so, um, it was really funny. So, uh, so it was chilly, um, for the first, yeah. um, part Be- until the sun came up, we were definitely cold. Uh-huh. And so we were standing in, in, and plus you're in a city. So there's high buildings. So even if the sun is up, you don't really feel it. Uh-huh. Um, but black girls run had a huge presence. They uh, were as- absolutely amazing. Weren't they just awesome? They were just awesome. I mean, Denise kept on saying, we need that enthusiasm. We need to get AMR some of that enthusiasm. <laughs> like, they were awesome. Well, so so let me tell the story, and then, and then I want you to talk about them, Kelly. But so we're standing there, and they're across from us, and there are these two women that just, on their sign, it says, don't stop, get it, get it, don't stop, get it, get it. And they are, the two of them are just yelling this. So that's what their sign says. And that's kind of, actually, it, it might have been like their motto for the race, or maybe it's a Black Girls Run motto. I'm not sure, but it's don't stop, get it, get it. Don't stop, get it, get it. Keep high, you captain, sit and steady, watch 
And so there are these two women with their signs just, you know, screaming. Um, then next to them are these two kind of 20-something hipster guys, you know, like when they're like, you know, they just woke up on Sunday morning, but they've got like their jeans, you know, rolled perfectly at the bottom and their cute little like, you know, um, chukka boots and all that, you know, just think that they look very hip and cool. Like their hair is perfect. And um, and Denise and I are like, whoa, where did they come from? You know, here we are like bedhead, you know, like signs everywhere we're exploding with gear and um and so these two women start they, they start saying don't stop and then the two guys start chiming in saying get it get no it way. And so they become this like back and forth since 2011 BarkBox has been committed to making dogs happy for humans BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month for dogs BarkBox is like the joy of a million belly scratches Bark boxes include all-natural treats and innovative toys to match a dog's unique needs, including allergies and heavy chewer preferences. Not a phrase I say every day. Dimity's dog Mason, an energetic Weimaraner, is eagerly awaiting his first bark box. Dimity let Barkbox know the breed, size, and even name of her dog, as well as the all-important chewing preferences. And now, on the 15th of each month, a new box will get shipped to Mason. Each monthly box is themed, like Country Fair or Brooklyn Hipster, with new and unique toys to keep dogs engaged, interested, and happy. If your pooch doesn't like something in the box, BarkBox promises to send something they'll love, for free, because BarkBox is all about dog happiness. Choose a plan. One, six, or 12-month plans are available. Cancel any time. Free shipping in the continental U.S. For a free extra month when you subscribe to a six- or 12-month plan of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com. Dot com slash AMR. That's barkbox.com slash AMR. Woof. Thanks to StoryWorth for supporting our podcast. StoryWorth is a subscription service started by a fellow who wanted families to be able to share their memories and anecdotes with each other. Here's how it works. Purchase a StoryWorth subscription for someone you love, and each week, StoryWorth sends that loved one an email with a question about his or her life. The person either replies with his or her story via email or records it by phone by calling a StoryWorth number. After a year, the stories are bound in a lovely hardcover keepsake book. My husband Jack and I gifted Storyworth to his dad, and we're especially looking forward to hearing his tales about going to medical school in Dublin, Ireland, which is where Jack was born and spent the first four years of his life. Then we'll share the book with Jack's siblings. For $20 off, visit storyworth.com AMR when you subscribe. That's storyworth.com AMR. And it was just hilarious. I mean, Denise and I would just, just could not stop laughing. I don't know if it was above, not above Carly. I don't know if she quite got the joke, but, um, but it was so funny. So that was like our, our memory of Chestnut Street was don't stop, get it, get it. Um, but yeah, but then you, you ran into black girls run later on. The I, I ran into course. them everywhere I, so I <laughs> in the South. They're very popular here in the South. So there's not a race that I have done in my local area where they haven't had a huge presence and they almost always work a water stop. Um, So I'm familiar with them. And in fact, at the uh, Rock and Roll Raleigh half, which turned out to be a lot hotter than everyone thought it was going to be. And we had trained in 18 degree weather and it was 80 that day. They were at the very last water stop. And they were amazing and supportive, and they had Hershey's Kisses. <laughs> oh, they were all melted. <laughs> yeah, but they were amazing. And so when I saw them out in Philadelphia, every time Adrian or Joe and I passed a group of them, we said to them, you all are amazing. And they cheered their runners, and they stayed on the course until their last runner was in. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, you got that no, gr- got that great picture that was on the uh, website yesterday. That I really like that picture. Yeah, we stopped because one of those women ran with me and Joe. Oh. Um, the, the four, so some of them were spectators, but there were four of them who were running, and we paced with them probably for the last. Um, in fact, one of them finished maybe about five feet in front of me, and we uh, kept pace with them. And one of them was wearing an, a badass mother runner shirt. I love that. And so that's why we stopped and got the picture because she had on the black sleeveless another mother or badass mother runner shirt. Nice. And so we chatted with them, and then her friends were like, "What is this?" And so Joe and I are running along, telling them all about another mother runner nice. while we were out on the. Of <laughs> you pull a brochure out of your pocket yeah, here and look you can get you can get discounts from their marketing partners <laughs> yeah no they had great energy and it was really I, I gotta say i mean you've talked to me you we've emailed and you've talked to me about how you know it's like your crowd in the back of the pack and um and i just there's a, there's such a good energy back there and it's i mean you know there's there's good energy through through all the runners like don't get me wrong but there's just something very cool about everybody just kind of being in it together and we're like dude, we're going to finish this together, you know, and we're just going to get it done. Those four women. We're like, we're all in this together. We're all going to keep moving. Just everybody move in a forward motion. And and I (laughs) greatly respect what it takes to be a fast runner. I greatly respect what it takes to qualify for Boston, but that's never going to be me. Um, And so I appreciate it that those of us in the blast corral can embrace what we're doing and have fun and be happy with the goals that we set for ourselves. And I, I have never run a race where I haven't fell in with people who were just like me, who were as enthusiastic and supportive and great. So I appreciate the back of the pack. For sure. That's awesome. For sure. Yeah. And I got to give a shout out to your daughter who is quite, she's like a professional spectator. So (laughs) at one point there's like an, okay, so the course goes, you go up, um, Riverside Drive or whatever it's called, and then you do like this little dog leg off over yeah, a Kelly, bridge, and I thought Kelly that drive. was mm-hmm. your only out and back. I didn't oh, realize you mm-hmm. had the dog leg, and then oh, there were two. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so she was like, you know, uh, she said something. I was like, where is she? You know, and blah blah blah. And, and she's like, she's going to be coming back. And I'm like, no, no, she's not. And she goes, there's there goes the five thirty pace group. She, she's right behind there. I'm like, no, she's not. And I was just kind of, I was very like anxious that I was going to miss you. And um, and then and then of course she was right you know and like we 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 figured it out and we went back across the bridge and then there you come and then you had to keep heading out which Mm -hmm. that kind of broke my heart that those little that was a kick in the that was a kick in the nuts Mm -hmm. those are not fun and i hate them especially when they come towards the end of the race you know Mm -hmm. at the beginning you're like you should almost just get it done you know like mile three like okay put tack on that mile right now (laughs) because i don't want to see it again you know at mile 18 oh i know i I didn't know that that one was coming I, i do have to say i I don't mean for us to disparage the Philly Marathon because I think it's a great race. It's beautiful. Oh, it was a beautiful course. It's, it's and the you know the city supports it so so wholeheartedly. But man, that you go out at mile you know it's right around 18 and like you said it's just this little dog leg and you think oh cool i really want to turn around and start heading back toward the finish line and this must be the big turnaround. Oh no, it's just a little do jobber of a turnaround that just gets to add a mile and then you come back and you, so you've gone over this little bridge and you've gone down a little hill then you go back up the hill across the bridge and then you want so desperately to turn right to go toward the finish and oh no you have to turn left to go out to yeah. maniac so we started like joe and i were like where the f is the turnaround <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> 
We looked, there was a spire, a church spire in Maniac at the end. Mm -hmm. And she goes, you don't think we have to go all the way down there, do you? And I said, I'm afraid we do. So we started asking people on the back, how, how far, how much further is it? Is it to that church spire? And some guy was like, yeah, pretty much. So then we just mentally accepted that that's what it was. But when I was on my back, Mm -hmm. on my back, I was passing people. And when when they were getting close, I said, you're almost to the turnaround. I promise you it's almost there. (laughs) Just keep moving forward and you'll be turning around and then there's the big mile 20 marker and you'll be so happy oh yeah yeah Yeah, because also though all the locals have been like oh it's so awesome when you get to maniac you know there's these awesome crowds all this stuff and i'm like i am so done with this i need to turn around and i don't think these crowds are all that thick to be like you know talking about them days before the race and (laughs) that was a little uh and that's near where the beer was and um i just kind of wanted to get back I wanted to head back toward the finish line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was, when I first started out on the Outback, I was watching everybody who was coming in mm-hmm. going, how do those people look? <laughs> yeah. are, are they okay? Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. that's going to be me here. Uh, and most of them look good. But those were like the three forty-five, four-hour group mm-hmm. when we, and right around when we passed you. And they all looked pretty good. There were some people who looked miserable. But for the most part, they looked good. But it was funny because the further out we got and the slower where the people on the back were, mm-hmm. the people looked a little sorrier and a little sad. Although the thing is, you can never tell at a marathon. That's the thing that never fails to amaze me. It, it's like these people, you know, with this like wacky stride who are just miles ahead of you or the person who, you know, looks, you know, that I'd be coming, you know, I'd be at mile 21, see this person at, you know, mile 17 or something who looked fresh as a daisy, looked like yes. they were clipping along, but it's like, wait, but why are they four miles behind me? And we saw Nicole, she called out to us Uh and she was looking, she looked good. And then I read her post, her, uh, she tweeted and said that she didn't look good. And I said, well, you look great to me. Yeah. And she said, I was faking it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I couldn't tell. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I I thought I would see Dimity and Denise and Carly. I only saw you guys once. Um, well, because you were so, you were, you know, you were far ahead and we, I mean, so I, got, I was tracking you, I was tracking you. And by yeah. the time that, I mean, by the time that I got your 10 K split, like mm-hmm. I, you know, you were already substantially ahead of Kelly because, because you were in a different corral too. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are mm-hmm. very, um, they are very, uh, what's the word deliberate or you mm-hmm. know rigid yeah. with when they release the corrals, like they release them on time, which is great. But you know, that would, that automatically gave you a 15 minute head start. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. They're you not, know? they're not good about policing who goes into the corrals though. That's my, my, my no, they aren't. Oh, they my, aren't. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And then you kind of get into this corral and you're like, Oh shoot, this isn't my corral. I could, I bet I can just keep going here. And it's like, Oh, nope. I am stuck in this corral and I don't know how to get out and no one seems to care that I don't have the right color on in here. And, um, I had remembered that from, from 2010 when I ran the half that there was, there's not a good system for who goes into the corrals and there was no real sense of how to get, I was impressed that you all Kelly were able to find your way back your... Oh, we had to get so we cut over when you cut over through mm-hmm. the barricade and mm-hmm. then we realized that they had put netting up mm-hmm. and oh, they yeah. had volunteers holding it so adrian and i had to get back out onto the sidewalk yep. that's how we got back to our oh. corral but i always start in the right corral because i'm so slow if i don't it's just like forty five thousand people passing me and then i feel bad so i never but cheat. i also didn't know but i but there 
you know, when I realized that I thought, oh, I can just pass through this one to the to the purple. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. It was like, wait, I felt like a salmon. They put the dam up and there's no, you know, ladder for me to get up. up. There was no getting past unless <laughs> yeah. you made your way back out to the sidewalk, which yeah. Adrian muscled her way to the sidewalk. No, and yeah. we got back oh, yeah. <laughs> She's That's like, good. Martini coming. Martini coming. <laughs> got a drink like, in my hand. Do you want me to spill it on you? She was like, I got nothing for this. We're getting back on the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> wow. uh, but I mean, wow. the, the weather was, it was a gorgeous day for a race. I mean, it, it was, was perfect. It really was. It was great. And I did the short sleeve shirt with the arm warmers, which was the perfect choice because I ditched the arm warmers in Fairmont Park and oh. it was great. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, um, I felt like I was a tad bit overdressed, but I, um, I never felt too overheated. I had my nice Saucony Vizzy Pro vest on. I figured I was very easy to spot in the crowd. <laughs> and, uh, and I had a super bright um, Head Sweats hat on. And it was like, yeah, here I come, here I come. Because, Tim, I felt like you and I, the one time we did see each other, like I felt like we were like sending out like brainwaves. And I was just like, there you were in the distance. And I'm like, yeah, here I am. And you're like, oh, right away. Like, yep. See you, Sarah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> well, there wasn't much I could do, you know. Oh no, I mean, no, no! But I meant, but I meant there directions. wasn't, there wasn't. I didn't have to be like, hey, me, me, me. I'm coming. Yeah, you were just yeah. like, mm-hmm, gotcha, well, gotcha. I well, have. It was nice too at that point. I mean, because I was, so I was trying to make my my big. So we got a GoPro camera, which is for you like a helmet or like you know, it's mostly for a helmet or like a but you know on a surfboard or something like that, you know, um, and. It's not really to be used in your hand, but I wanted to try it, um, and it just didn't work out very well, unfortunately. I because um, there's no backside, like you can't see what you're filming oh. because it's normally on your head, right, yeah, or gotcha. somewhere yeah. else, so it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here I am thinking I get all this footage, and like sometimes I didn't have it on when I thought I had it on. Other times, like I had it on this this filter that I didn't, you know, oh, that, I, that I can't download on my computer. So like I was, you know, I was expecting to make this great inspirational video that I've been talking about and looking forward to forever. Mm-hmm. And I got on the plane and looked at it with Denise and we were like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> dang it. Not going to happen. Got to, got to use words, got to use words. But that's why I got you hugging a panda. Oh, I... Or I thought I got you hugging a panda, somebody running in a panda suit, I know. Um, I, but John, it didn't work. Cause John really, okay. So I saw this life size, you know, bigger than life size panda uh, up on two feet and uh the the panda had to best of my knowledge had not run the entire race that panda had jumped in at a certain point to run with um their companion and um so i saw it at one point and then when i saw the panda again and i saw you i thought john loves pandas i totally want to get with that panda (laughs) and also i was just in a lot of pain at that point and i was to be honest him i was afraid you might get in my face and be like yeah come on sarah let's you know do it for the mother runner crowd or something and i just was like Uh no 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 i i I really don't feel like talking so i just had to go into like goofy mode so i don't know if you remember but i put my i just like totally interjected myself into that panda's personal space put my arm around and i was like and i yell out i'm running 26 strong with a panda (laughs) and i don't have it i know so i told i told john about it a a day or two ago because he had done a report one time on pandas he's like oh i want to see the video is it on youtube i'm like no no sorry honey i don't think dimity guy he's like ask her ask her so yeah tell her that oh that's that yeah that's yeah yeah so, well, so, um, so, so tell us how, I mean, so your IT band kind of bit the dust around 18 and definitely bit it around 2021. So kind of tell us how you um, mentally got through the last miles. Well, not finishing was not an option. 
Yeah. I didn't care how long it took me. I was going to get to the finish line. So it was this sort of like shuffling running motion <laughs> for the last four miles, fast walking. And Joe yeah. said, you walk really fast. And I said, <laughs> you're not the first person to say that to me. Um, so I was, I mean, it, I wasn't going to finish. I just accepted it. It was what it was. And as long as I could keep moving forward, that's all that mattered. So that's uh-huh. what we told it, and Joe's like, you're doing it. You're actually doing this. You're going to be done soon. She was great. And so we just kept on moving forward, and we fell in with this other lady who was having some terrible knee trouble, and we were walking and talking, and then we fell in with this gentleman who said, I'm never doing this again. This is the worst thing I've ever done in my entire life. I don't, he was a charity runner and he's like, I never, why did I ever agree to do this? And I'm like, you're doing a great thing. You raised all this money for kids with cancer. You know, you're doing a good thing. You don't ever have to do it again. You can mark it off your bucket list. And, um, we just kept on moving and the miles kind of went by. And then when I got to the end and Joe went over with Carly and Denise and Dimity, and I ran about the last three tenths of a mile, which was extremely painful. Um, <laughs> Um, but I, I did, I ran it in and then I heard, um, Mike and Colin over on my left. And then Bruce Springsteen came on my iPod singing the rising, which is one of my favorite songs. It was really like, it was like perfect. And I came in, um, across the finish line. As soon as I finished, I just bent over because my IT band, my leg literally would not bend. And some cop was like, are you okay? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be fine. But I, I walked forward dragging my left leg. Oh my goodness. To get to the family zone, and then we, we went to the bar at the hotel afterwards to get my leg onto the bar stool. I had to lift it manually mm. with my two hands because it wouldn't bend. Isn't, uh, isn't it amazing that like you can you can be in a running motion in the race, and the second you cross the finish line, it's like sh- all systems shut down. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> this IT band, we're not bending. And so I went back to the hotel and iced it. And then by the end of the night, I could bend it again, but it still hurt. So I went to physical therapy on Tuesday and my physical therapist on maternity leave, she gave birth to her daughter the Saturday before the marathon. Um, wow. And so I saw a different physical therapist and he described my IT band as crunchy. Ooh. And I was like, oh, that's probably not good. <laughs> oh boy. But he did grasp on it and he worked all the knots out and it's actually pretty good. And so I did a five mile um, run, walk, turkey trot with Carly on Thanksgiving morning. And then I ran five miles on the treadmill on Saturday and it did okay. So I know I saw that you'd run. I mean, when I put that thing up on Saturday on our Facebook page, I saw that you said you ran five miles. Um, I still, I'm not running until Saturday when I'm in San Antonio and I just have to run because I want to see King William neighborhood. Um, (laughs) so, um, so Kelly, so if, 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 if there's somebody on the fence about wondering about a marathon, whether or not they should do it, what, what would you say and, and why? I would say absolutely do it. If it's something that you're thinking about doing and you feel like you really want to do it, a hundred percent do it. Don't worry about how long it's going to take you. Don't worry about getting injured or anything like that. Absolutely do it. If you're a runner and you're considering doing it, then I think everybody should do it. I mean, it's just definitely, if it's, you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it, but you do have to put in the training miles and it is dedication. Um, take the training plan seriously. Do train like a mother, um, take it seriously, (laughs) follow it and do it, but you can do it. And I would highly recommend that people do it. It was, um, a fabulous experience. I had a lot of fun and I'm going to do it again. I've already lined up a crew of my regular running crew and we're going to try to get in Marine Corps. Wow. For next, for next year. Yep. That's exciting. We've birthed a marathoner, Sarah. Aren't we yes. kind of proud? Yes. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Congratulations, Jimmy. It's my third child. But in, between, but in between now and then, 
I'm going to be doing some serious strength training. <laughs> yes. Yes. And physical therapy and cross training and all that stuff that, uh, that seems to kind of complement the running, right? Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, congratulations, Kelly. It was really, really fun to watch your journey and to see you turn into a marathoner and to see you just enjoy the heck out of the course. I mean, that was just, that was awesome. And my one regret is that my plane, well, I have a lot of regrets, but one of them is, uh, is that, um, that my plane, I didn't get to see you cross the finish line. I we had to bolt to the airport. Um, so I'm sure you did us proud though. And, and got a, have you gotten good pictures? Did you see your pictures? I did, but you know, race pictures are never that great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did I buy you. the one of me crossing the finish line. I had like a semi smile grimace, <laughs> but I bought it because that's pretty much sums up how I felt at that moment. Nice. Sure, I, sure. I bet you look yeah. 26 strong in it. So I uh, did, I yeah. did, but I do want to thank you guys. This was really a great experience, and I'm glad you picked me, and I was glad to be a part of this. Oh, good. Awesome. Good. Well, great. Well, thank you, Kelly. Um, say thank hi you to your fam for me, and um, and we will talk to you soon. Okay, great. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Take care. Thanks again, Kelly. We're going to take a quick break now. When we come back, we're going to talk to my Saucony 26-strong cadet, Allison Polici. Hi, this is Terja calling from Longmont, Colorado. I am a mother runner and mom of second grade boy-girl twins. I'm here to give a shout out to Audible.com for supporting another mother runner radio. Audible is a leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. I recently listened to the classic To Kill a Mockingbird on my commute to work. I'm a librarian, and I thought I'd read To Kill a Mockingbird enough times to have it memorized, but it really does bring it to life to hear a great actress like Sissy Spacek read a book you thought you knew so well. And honestly, I just wanted to sit in my car and keep listening when I was supposed to be at work. And uh, I'm a librarian, and I love my job. So to say a book was uh, resurrected for me in that way is a big deal. For a free download of an audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash mother. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com slash mother. Thank you for joining us again, Allison. It's good to hear your voice. My pleasure to be here with you guys. Yeah, yeah. So, um... You, unfortunately, did not get to run the Philly Marathon due to your hip injury that when we last talked to you, um, you admitted happened um, in the shower. Um, Correct. Yes, that you're. Um, so and all the uh, novenas and, and candles that you must have lit didn't didn't and the, all the therapies that you did did not help um, your hip enough to get you to the starting line. But um, you were wonderful enough to come down and join us um, for the mother runner dinner that we had before the race and then to be out there spectating. So how tell us how that how the weekend unfolded for you and how you felt being there with not being able to run. 
You know, I have to say, I actually felt a whole lot better being there than being home and not running because I think I would have kind of been uh, hemming and hawing over my decision and been kind of thinking about it the whole time. But at least while I was down there, I got to enjoy it and go out and cheer on the crowds and meet with everybody that I've heard so much about and have dinner with you guys. So I was happy that I did it, and it was uh, fun for my kids to go out and see the race. So mm-hmm. overall, the weekend was was a really good time, and I'm glad that I took the trip down to Philly. Oh, good. That's great. I totally second that. By the way, I was injured as well, and uh, you know, it's funny because you're you're you feel like um, it's almost like opening up a wound. You're like, do I really want to go there? But when you're watching the race, there's so much energy and fun, and it is so fun to cheer. I mean, it's just so fun. It to really cheer, is, especially <laughs> on a race. You know, like that. Like we were talking earlier about that Chestnut Street where we saw you guys. Um, that is just. I mean, it was just. It's unbelievable. It's just, you know, your your people watching, your runner watching, you're cheering your brains out. There's so much energy and it was just it that was, was great awesome. We got to meet like with a lot of the people that were standing around us and like they were telling us who they were looking for and we were keeping an eye out for other people and we were so close to the runners that that was really nice. We were like calling out their names that were on their bibs yeah. because they had that everyone had their own names on their bibs. So so it was a really fun race to be at to spectate. Yeah, I think yes. I think Philly is is a wonderful mix. It is a big city race. I mean, there's almost 30,000 runners. The half and the marathoners start at the same time and then they split off at just about the halfway point. And um so but there so it's a big city and there's there's a a good number of spectators, but it's not like a mob scene. And so um at least it didn't feel that way to me. And so that it's it's awesome because it sounds like you had a, some personal interaction with people and you can really interact with the runners as well, yet it's not just like an overwhelming mass of humanity. Right. And the other nice part was, um, especially where our hotel was, we got to go to, we walked to three different spots. Mm. We were right at the start and then we walked over to like the 10K marker. And then um, later on in the day, we walked down to the finish Mm -hmm. and, you know, hung out down there. So it was really nice. It was really convenient. You could go to so many different spots that they had to start and finish at the same point. So that was really nice. We could do it throughout the day. It wasn't like you were just in one spot and that was it. Oh, and the, yeah. and the start and finish is so beautiful with the museums there, and it has kind of almost a European feel with that, with the broad street and the it's Benjamin Franklin Parkway, for those of you who know Philly. And it was just, I don't know, it has a very grand scale, but yet um, also kind of an intimate scale. I thought it was, I thought it was an right. awesome race. Yeah. Um, well, but it was, was really good for us, too, with the bikes. I mean, we picked up, we, we locked the bikes right by the starting line, um, and then the three of us picked them up and went out, headed out on um, on Kel- the Riverside Drive. or Kelly, Kelly Drive. Kelly Drive. Um, and uh, and then that was great. I mean, there's a really nice bike path, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had to go a little off-road every once in a while, but, I mean, you know, if you wanted to follow someone most of the way through the marathon, it was really easy to do. And the crowds definitely thinned out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, we were, <laughs> we were the only ones out there, I think. But um, no, that's not true, but it was definitely thinner. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, the first half of the race is the one where all the crowds are, and then there's pockets right. of them for the second half. But it was like, hello, hello. But, but by that point, also, since... <laughs> Since the since it's an out and back for the second half, that then you know as a runner you get to see all the and as a spectator you get to see the leaders come by, which is always really exciting. Yeah, um, I got really excited when I saw the first woman. I yelled out, first woman, first woman!" 
had a couple of false alarms. I feel good. I'm not the only one that does that. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, please. Come on. You got to yell for the first woman. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The only time that it hit me, it hit me hard. That I, so then like you're just like, yay, 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 go, go, go. And then um, and then we hopped in the shuttle to get to the airport and all these women or people, mostly women, though, were in there rehashing their races and talking mm. about the race course. And you can just tell like in the elevator and in the van, they all have that kind of post-race high, you know, that you have and you're just so proud and it's Sunday morning you've done this amazing thing and you're like oh yeah I kind of would like to be like them right now you know Mm -hmm. when we walked down to the finish and I saw the people finishing and they actually started playing the song from Rocky and they were like you know this is the race that owns that song and like I got a little emotional about it like I could have been finishing there right around now but Mm -hmm. unfortunately yeah Yeah, no they played that I think they had that on repeat I heard it a number of times it wasn't (laughs) yeah I'm sure it was was just for you Allison it was just for you Um, just to add to the moment yeah yeah um, well, I mean, I definitely missed having you out there on the course, and I don't say that to make you feel guilty in any way, but I just was kind of like, oh, yeah, well, you know, where, where's my sidekick? Whenever I've envisioned this race and, you know, whenever I would kind of look at the course race, I'd be like, oh, yeah, Allison, I'll be doing this. And then I'm like, oh, uh-huh, where is she? And so when I was in my uh, pain cave, as I described on the um, post today, um, I was like, okay, I need something to pull me out of this pain cave. And I'm like... Allison, Allison, Allison. It was, you know, <laughs> sounded like an Elvis Costello song, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so. Uh, no, and, you know, that was the part that was hard for me. Not so much. I mean, I was okay with missing the race, but I really was upset that I wasn't going to get to run with you because I was so looking forward to that. Oh, Just yeah. having someone with me through the race and being able to talk to them and someone, you know, understanding the situations that I'm in. So that that was kind of the bummer, the bigger bummer of not running the race. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. Cause I, um, it would have been, you know, I, I guess I haven't run a marathon side by side with anybody. So, um, it was, um, a missed opportunity for us both. So, right. Well, so how, how's your hip doing? I, you, you said it was feeling a little better, but then you're like, yeah, it doesn't hurt when I walk. And I'm like, okay, but that doesn't mean you get to go run a marathon right now. <laughs> well, that was it. You know, I, I did the acupuncture and, and that definitely helped, but I also, stopped running and pretty much stopped doing all kinds of exercise at that point. And I'm like, I just need to get better now. So the pain, it hasn't been painful when I was walking, which is good. I was walking normal mm-hmm. and completely comfortable and able to wear all kinds of shoes, not just sneakers and things like that. <laughs> um, but I started, I was like, all right, December 1st, I'm going to go back. And I did some strength training yesterday and I just hopped on the treadmill for a super slow, like half an hour walk, not even running. And I have to say today, I'm not feeling it a lot, but I'm definitely noticing it, but I don't know if I'm like super sensitive to it now mm-hmm. or not. So mm-hmm. take it slowly and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you're you carry yourself. Do, do you have a race on the horizon? Like something like say in May or June that you're looking forward to? <laughs> no. Well, right now, I don't know. We're looking at the calendar and try and figure out what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to wait and see what happens with my hip. I don't want to push it too much and not be able to race at all. I'd rather miss out on like the spring season and hopefully pick it up for the fall, but play it by ear and see what happens. Well, that's smart, smart tactic. And that's, you know, what we kind of worked through when, when you and I were talking and helping you decide whether or not to even do Philly. It was like, no, 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 you got to keep your eye on the the long-term goal, which is to be running, you know, healthy and happy for many years to come, not just the short term. Yeah. So, and, um, so your husband's also a racer. That's when you say we, um, so he did New York, um, at the beginning of last month. And so what, after that, is he, are you two thinking maybe you do a marathon together or? Um, 
I, we probably will at some point, mm-hmm. but I think that if we were, if we were both to get into New York, we would probably do it together. Mm-hmm. But we decided that it's too hard with both of us training for a marathon at the same time. Mm-hmm. So um, we would probably wind up doing alternating years or something like that. Nice. So the kids aren't getting the the raw end of the deal where we're going out for hours on end on both days over the weekend. <laughs> and, the, and then too tired to, like, take them to the Stanford Museum yeah, or something exactly. like that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the cows and pigs will still be there next week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And, uh, I know. Thanksgiving morning is when it hit me because we normally do a turkey trot on Thanksgiving morning. And I was like, well, I'm not going to do a turkey trot if, I'm, if we're doing Philly on the, if I'm doing Philly on the 23rd. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, no turkey trot, no marathon. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> Turkey, turkey, you can have turkey. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, um, you know, you showed a different type of twenty-six strong, but um, you know, because you know, it was. I think, I think some people would have done the marathon, and uh, you know, be in a world of hurt for it. So I think, you know, you made the right decision, and um, it was great to have you be a part of the program. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad I was a part of the program. I just wish I could have represented at yeah. the end a little bit better. But yeah. you know, we'll get over it. And when there's other races to do, so exactly. someone said on one of the posts, one body, lots of races. So yeah, sure. you have to think of it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, thanks a ton for joining us, Allison. No problem. My pleasure. Like I said. Bye bye. Oh my goodness. So, um, well, I don't know. What what do we think 2015 holds for for all of us? It sounds like uh, you know, Kelly's got Kelly's lining up her marathon. <laughs> the rest of us are kind of like, "Huh?" Wonder what, uh, wonder what wow. race comes next. She's planning. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. planning. I think Alice and I should have a, I think we should have a comeback race. I, I don't want it to be a marathon, but maybe we have a comeback 26 half marathon. I don't know. Not 20. Comeback 26 half marathon. <laughs> that, that's a lovely, that's got a lovely ring to it. A comeback Saucony 13.1. Uh-huh. Damn it, I am stronger than I used to be. <laughs> that's a mighty long hashtag there, Debbie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the whole hashtag. But. Yeah, that's the whole tweet right there. All right. Well, if you want to want more from us we are on facebook at run like a mother the book on twitter and instagram we're at the mother runner our websites are anothermotherrunner.com and motherrunnerstore.com our books run like a mother train like a mother and the upcoming tales from another mother runner are all available on amazon um, we're very excited to announce that our some of our plans are now on trainingpeaks.com. So if you search for another mother, you can find those, some half marathon and marathon plans. And um, no matter how many miles you're running, I hope they're all happy. Bye-bye. Don't stop. Get it, get it. Get <laughs> it.